I took a couple of flicks, and she was enthused. I said, how do you like the show? And she said, I was very amused. I started throwing bass. She started throwing back mid-range. But when I sprung the question, she acted kind of strange. Then when I asked, do you have a man? She tried to pretend. She said, no, I don't. I only have a friend. Come on! I'm not even going for it. This is what I'm going to sing. Oh, baby, you! You got what I need! <laughs> and you say he's just a friend! Okay, and you say okay. he's just a friend! At, <laughs> at, at this point, I feel I need to interject. <laughs> A, to make that stop happening, but B, because we had originally discussed a different song as our opening slow jam. Mm -hmm. We did. We did. We we did. And at some point. I'm keeping it. Not to go with it. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it. I'm keeping it spicy. Oh, Jesus. You, You just, you just forgot, didn't you? No, no. I. Because okay. I want, I, I actually feel like we should save the one that we discussed, which okay. I actually like, because okay. I felt like there was an obvious one, and then you you made a suggestion that was a a very spiritually appropriate selection, and That's what I felt not to give anything away to the people, but relevant to my Italian head, because oh, so true. I, yeah. I look like one of the singers of that selection. But I'm not going to spoil it. All I, for some reason, when people started actually contributing to the Patreon that we opened for the podcast that you are listening to right now, I literally, I all I could hear in my head was Biz Marquis. <laughs> you are a damaged human. I don't, I don't know I, it just, when it happened. It just happened. Hello, okay. everybody, and welcome, <laughs> welcome to continue. That is the name of this podcast that you were listening. This is uh, Continue Episode 1. And my Ooh. name is Anthony John Agnello. And with me are my wonderful, wonderful co-hosts, Susan Arndt. Hello, everybody. I am at ecstatic uh, to be on the, on the air again for y'all. Uh, thank you so much to all of you who made this happen. Yeah. And we also have motherfucking staff <laughs> okay, Roberts. Good. Dave no, I, I've got a promotion though. If he was so... still going to be staff no, Roberts, staff okay. Roberts. I, staff Roberts is staff. Yeah, Dave Roberts more, is staff Roberts sir. for the work. Okay, good. Uh, but yeah, hi. Uh, you, you can't stop this yeah, signal. That's true. Because it's true. It's... <laughs> that's true. That, that's. Oh my god! It's so great. To, I, I've missed this so much, you guys. Like. <laughs> Yeah, you can't 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 stop the rock. Stop <laughs> it really, the rock. It feels good, doesn't can't it? Can't stop the rock. Yeah, stop. <laughs> can't. Yeah, that's a San Francisco Rush reference. Thank you very much. Well, once upon a time, the three of us uh, hosted a different podcast, and the thing is, is this is technically the same podcast. Uh, it actually. Uh, not to give too much away, this the name of this podcast, Continue, 
is actually a name that Susan and I wanted to call our entire operation once upon a time. Continue is a vision that Susan and I uh, have shared since 2015. And this podcast, I feel like, is is a realization of that dream. Uh, If you are one of the many wonderful people that have uh, backed this podcast on Patreon and to are, you know, people who have followed us from a number of outlets, whether that's Joystick or Games Radar or the AV Club or The Escapist or any number of different <laughs> places, you kind of know what we're all about. But I would imagine that there are some people who those people are sharing this with, being like, you really need to hear these three assholes. They're fun. Need, okay, uh, okay, excuse and, me. Yeah? Yes. One asshole, one very tired guy... And the chick who puts up with them. Yeah, that's accurate. No. That's, I, but I, I meant like assholes, like in the space balls sense. <laughs> like how many assholes we got on this shit? Yo, keep firing assholes. Topical. So yes, what you can tell, what you can tell those people, uh, what continue is we actually came up with a mission statement for this whole thing. Uh, it is continuing the conversation about the video games and movies and television and old records and slow jams and nonsense we do not shut up about. And that is that is who we are. That is what we do. There is going to be one demonstrable difference between this incarnation of the show and past incarnations of the show. <laughs> and the difference is, is this time, y- y- people who are listening are our boss and we don't work for a corporation anymore. Which is why I can say things oh, like dear. this. If you like Ghost Recon Wildlands, <laughs> you have a fucking garbage palette and are a garbage person and Yay. fuck your taste, you're making the medium worse. Oh See... I couldn't used to say that. I could talk about the things I loved, and I could I could take a real hard stance on Star okay, Wars. Can I, can, can, I, one can, I can I do one? Can I oh, do one? Oh, here we yeah. go. Here we go. D- Dave. Okay. Okay. Dave, please, uh, please. Superhero movies have heralded the death of modern cinema. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That, okay. Which is the worst? What's the worst one, Dave? What's what is what offends? your senses more than anything they're just all the same <laughs> i mean like they, they they aren't i mean like there's something like i i saw the trailer for thor ragnarok oh. and that actually looks like kind of cool mm. I, yeah it opened with the magic sword song like they got me like right out of the gate uh with the synth wave stuff uh but yeah i don't know it's just it's all like this this bland corporate soup and i'm just i'm tired of eating it while we're the office space guys with the printer out in the field, I feel like that's what's happening mm. right now. <laughs> uh, what, what what do you want to... Kill okay, your I wanna, No, no, no. Okay. I need to make something... Cl- I need to preface this with some clarity. Mm-hmm. I watch some shitty TV. I enjoy uh-huh. some shitty TV. Right? Oh, yeah. I, I, I will happily marathon reality shows. I watch Ink Master religiously. Like this, I am not, I am not a snob when it comes to that. If you are watching any flavor of The Bachelor, you are the most basic bitch on the planet. (laughs) 
And I need you to understand that you are part of the problem. Oh, wow. Yeah, I like that. I So I've never, ever in my life watched The Bachelor. I have ever, I've only ever watched a single uh, sort of reality TV show start okay. to finish. And this this is back when I, I was a wee lad just out of college. And I, I was 21, and all, pretty much the only thing that I could afford to do with my spare time was uh, to stay inside to hide from the city mm-hmm. of New York and smoke a lot of pot. Okay. That's what, I, that's what I did with my time. I didn't have money for cable, and Kazaa had just been shut down, so I didn't know how to pirate TV. Okay. Which left me with the option of PBS and the WB. Oh, boy. Which led me to watching a show called Average Joe. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and Average Joe was like a proto Bachelor. It was it was like the Bachelor, but about like guys with fifteen extra pounds on them or receding hairlines dating a woman, like trying to court <laughs> a woman who was, uh, I would say, as attractive as a background extra on Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Yeah. My my roommate and I became like stoner uh, obsessed yep, with this I, show. I feel ya. Yeah, you, you know, you, right? You know, like the stoner. Like this is, is gonna, what we're gonna do. Is John gonna get kicked we're high and it's funny? But by episode <laughs> three, you're like, fucking come on, man, let's watch Average Joe. Let's get into it. And so at the end, the the whole season, they keep saying that the the woman has a terrible secret. Oh, and only okay. the man that she can be with, only the man that she can be with will ever know. And so we watched this shit for like oh, four months. And and then in the final episode, she she goes, I have to tell you something. You have to know my secret. My ex-boyfriend is Fabio. Oh my God. And I, I literally <laughs> stood up in my home and left. I, 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 I <laughs> I didn't. I didn't leave the room. <laughs> I got up and I walked out of my ha- my my apartment into the street, and like I swear to God, like I don't know where it was coming from. Walking in Memphis started playing, and like I just I I decided that I could never watch reality television. That's like when uh, like in the Iron Giant when Harry Connick Jr. gets up and like just dumps his yes. coffee out <laughs> and walks inside. <laughs> Yes, it was exactly okay, like okay. that. But I have to tell you, here's the thing, though. While while normally I would support swearing off of reality TV, because the vast majority of it is complete IQ-draining garbage, you will miss things like my favorite game show of all time, Solitary. Have I told you guys about this before? What is Solitary? Okay. It is torture. On camera. I'm not even kidding. No. Because what it is, you you basically, uh, it's like, I don't know, 13 contestants, whatever, a certain number of contestants to start. They're all in cells individually. Last man standing wins the money. And there are, uh, they're, they're given, you know, tasks they have to do that will give them rewards. Like if you solve this puzzle, you get an hour of sleep or whatever. And then they're given punishments. If you, if you come in last during this, you have to listen to an air horn at maximum volume for three hours. Oh, this sounds, this sounds 
fucked up. It, it, it is. So they have to go to a Steve Aoki it, they, concert? Yes. <laughs> that is basically it. They're at a, and they're, they're sleep deprived. They are, they, there's no windows. There's no clocks. They have no idea what time it is. It's le- legitimately, these are torture techniques meant to separate you from your sanity. But the, but the thing is, they can walk out the door. All, the door isn't locked. They can walk out whenever they want. Whenever they've had enough, they just leave. It's really weird. I honestly feel like if there's a, a grander contest element, it's like the, the line between game and reality television mm-hmm. gets really fuzzy for me. Mm-hmm. It's like when you think about FMV games and you're not really changing the outcome of the game. Like, you're just sort of moving through the story. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if I consider, like, even The Bachelor, while there is, like, a quantitative element of success or failure, mm-hmm. I don't know if I consider that the same thing as, like, the reality genre. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I feel like Solitary sounds like a game show. Uh, obviously, like, a 21st century or... 1980s sci-fi movie <laughs> incarnation of a, yeah. of a game show. It's like the yeah, funny it, man. Yeah. yeah, well, there's reality TV shows, which is, let's just look at these terrible people. And then and then there's contests like Project Runway or Top Chef. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, is this uh, Solitary sounds like just like a like truly fucked it up is. contest. Oh, it is. <laughs> Lying on beds. So there's, then there's another one. They got to lie on a bed of nails. Okay, well, everybody knows... That you can lie on a bed of nails because the nails, if you put like a thousand nails down there, it's not comfortable. Right. But this, the pressure is distributed equally enough that it's not that big a deal. Oh, so then they start taking nails away. Uh, nope. I like MasterChef Junior. Yeah. That I one's nice. And, it's so nice and pure. Oh and I like, so I, this is like the exact opposite of that. Yes. <laughs> yep. The only, the only reason Solitary <laughs> is not just the most horrible thing why it's not a war crime basically is because it's completely (laughs) no it's going to the hague over this i take it i I realize that in if if we're calling this sort of thing reality television then probably my second favorite tv show of all time counts and it's a perfect balance between solitary and master chef jr and it's the original incarnation of Iron Chef. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The ori- yeah. 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 The original. Because I, and that, like the Iron, like eventually in the stoner apartment in my early 20s, eventually TNT became one of our free channels nice. and they started airing at 2 a.m. There would be an X-Files episode and oh. then OG Iron Chef. And the best thing in the world is Iron Chef starts and you just be like, live ingredient, live ingredient, please, living ingredient, living ingredient. I, I'm, I'm a vegetarian. And I'm sitting there being like, I want to see an octopus get fucked up so right excited. now. Uh, welcome, welcome to uh, the uncut version of this podcast, everybody. This is how this is going to go. So, our first, our first core topic. Speaking of live ingredients, uh, we've been out of your lives uh, in a, a sort of entertainment kind of way for three months, which is a very, very long time uh, in the video game world. It's not like it used to be, where like just nothing would come out in that span of time. So we've been off in our own little wonderlands. Uh, Dave has been writing about video games professionally still. 
And Susan, I know you did a, a couple of freelance things here and there. I did. You reviewed a couple of things. Uh, but by and large, you and I were like checked out yes. of the contemporary world. We sort of, we, we, we took a breather. And what we were going to talk about today is we're going to do a little, little catch up, a little overview of what we've been playing over the course of those three months. And we're going to talk about our, our sort of favorites and our least favorites of those things that we've checked out. And Susan, I really wanted to start with you because okay. you, you've been chronicling a new relationship yes. in, in, your, in your gaming life, yes. which I find freaking fascinating. It's a game that you had always sort of professed, like, there's nothing there for me. And that has changed. That, that is, uh, I was apparently wrong about that. Uh, the game in question is Minecraft, which obviously has been out since the dawn of time, but I never went anywhere near it because I am not an artistic person, I am not a particularly creative person in, in that way, and so I, you know, digital Lego, I did not think. It's a time sink, too, like, me. you gotta invest. It is. Oh, yeah, you, it's true. That's absolutely true. Uh, but the thing is about unemployment, you got time. <laughs> uh, so what happened was my husband got me a Switch for my birthday because uh, A, I was driving him crazy because I didn't have a job and B, because he didn't want to share his. These are pure motivations. I, I don't begrudge him that. So, and, and I was looking, and I had no interest in playing Zelda. So I was looking for something to play on my, my, my brand new game system and Minecraft was there and I'm like, well, I mean, I don't know. And I, I shot a, a message to uh, Aubrey Norris who does PR for Minecraft. And I'm like, okay, I, I'm not really good at building anything. Like, is there still really anything for me to do? And she she went on a Twitter rant about all the things I could do in Minecraft that didn't she, So she did her job. <laughs> she did her job. And she's like <laughs> listing all these things. I'm like, all right, well, it sounds like I would at least get my money's worth out of it. And I'm bored. So I fire it up. Now, I will say, that, first of all, that I had two things in my favor. One, the console version of Minecraft is different from the PC version in that the recipes for how to make things, how to make, you know, a pickaxe, how to make glass, how to make a bed, they're all baked into the menu. Mm. They're already there for you. In the PC version, you got to figure it out yourself. Like, is it three bars of iron or two bars of iron? Like, it's... So that made it a lot easier to get up and running and and doing cool stuff. Two, uh, my, my husband was my tutor. So mm-hmm. he's like, okay, the first thing you want to do is you need to find some stone. and you need It to seems find- like a game that really helps having, like, a Jedi Master. Absolutely, because you're just, you're just dropped. Just, there is a tutorial in the Switch version, but there's, it's, it's throwing so much information for, at, at you. It's like everything you can do in the game. It's like, here's an enchanted book, and here's an ocelot, and here's wheat, and here's, a, you know. It's just, it's, it's way too much when you don't know anything. So he was like, look, you, you, the first thing you want to do is you want to build yourself some iron tools because they're the best. So go find yourself some stone and some coal so you can make a furnace to smelt iron ore into iron bars. That's how you make iron tools. Great. So like my first couple hours, I had a very small, very specific goal. And that was really, really helpful. And then after that, it was, okay, it's getting to be nighttime. And he's sitting there with me, helping me through this. Like, he's not telling me what to do, but he's just offering, like, little tiny pieces. He's my tutorial. He's my tooltips. He's like, okay, it's getting to be night. Monsters come out at night. 
you probably want to build yourself some kind of structure to hide in. Okay, now I'm going to build a house. Great. And my, my first house was a rectangle with a door. That's it. Like super simple, no big deal, but it got the concept through. Like, okay, a house, I need a, a door, I need a bed, I need, you know, okay, great. And so once I had those first few basic concepts down, that, I didn't feel like I was just floundering, like, what is this? I don't understand. And I had, like, basic basic concepts, like, uh, once when I found gold, okay, well, now I know what I can do with gold, great. When I found redstone, what do I do with redstone? Okay, great. Because it was all right there in the menu bar. You know, you can make... Uh, switches and and pistons and all the machinery is driven by redstone. Okay, well, I don't really think I care about that right now, so I'll just stick this redstone in a box. Maybe I'll use it at some point in the future. Who knows? So I graduate eventually over the course of, you know, exploring and failing and dying and and building, uh, I went from a simple little rectangular box made out of the wood that was surrounding it to now I have a two-level house made out of two different kinds of terracotta and three different kinds of stained glass that has lamps on it that turn on automatically when the sun goes down. It's all covered in white carpet. I have three pet dogs. <laughs> of course. Natu- natu- naturally. Of course I do. Well, obviously, if you put dogs yeah, in a Yeah, it's going to happen. And you tell me I can tame Man, them. It's so, it's, it's so interesting to hear you say this, Susan, because mm-hmm. I, I, our, our longtime listeners will recall that you had a love affair with Dragon Quest Builders like, yes. last year. And like, I really wonder if that was a gateway Abs- drug. I think absolutely yes. Yeah. The, the great thing about Dragon Quest Builders and why I, will, why I will still recommend that to people is it gives you a, a literal blueprint. Here's how to build. Yeah, you can build a house. There are rules like a house has to be a certain number of blocks high. It has to have these elements in it. But then you also find blueprints of like, okay, but here's how to make that a little fancier. It's, it's, exa- it's feeding you examples and ideas of things that you can possibly do while you're completing this story. Now, there's no story in Minecraft, obviously, but there is, it is story, so story mode is not, like, baked in, that's, that's a whole well, other I, thing. Are we talking, like, Correct. story mode is the Telltale game. Yes. Oh, is that, okay. I get yeah, really no, confused about what is Minecraft proper and not yeah. Minecraft proper and, like, homemade, not official mods <laughs> and officials. I get really, I honestly have trouble figuring that out i think that happened the moment i became a dad yeah like 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 a like a switch was flipped where it was like before that i was like yeah man it's part of my job i really got to know all the ins and outs of this really popular game and then i had a kid and i was like yeah what's with your fucking block game kids what's your you got the who's it's your mind crooved on your snaps that's what you're into? Save that for later? <laughs> on your, on snaps. your snaps. I'm going to save that. I need to write that down. Um, so <laughs> sorry. I'll save that one for later. I'll put it in my breast pocket in a little post-it note. Um, yeah, I, I, the other thing, Susan, is I find when I go into a game where I have like a guide, like a human mm-hmm. sort of giving me entrance into a game with a really active community and that is sort of free form like what you put into it is what you get out mm-hmm. that I get into it when I play with them but that I don't end up surviving sure sure sure, sure. 
Like, I, I lose interest when I'm not with them. What's really fortunate for me is uh, my husband also has Minecraft on the Switch, and he had played Minecraft many years back and then kind of lost interest in it and then picked it up again on the Switch and, and was really enjoying it. But we play very different ways. He loves to build things. Like, I've explored half my world He's explored one tiny little area. I have a very, very modest, very simple house. He has a castle. He has a, a powered railway that goes under the ocean and through lava tunnels. He has, there's a solarium in his castle that faces the rising sun. Like, it's insane, the stuff he makes. It's just so amazing. I don't have patience for that. He doesn't ha I like to go find things. Like, I like finding all the stuff. Like, I will, ooh, diamonds. Oh, I'll just go stick them in. And then I, I, like, I find all this stuff, and I just stick it in a chest. And then I go out, and I find more stuff. That's what I consider enjoyable. So, like, I, and I, I, for example, you can enchant things. I have enchanted all sorts of stuff. I enchanted a fishing rod. And I used my fishing rod, and I caught all sorts of neat shit. And he's like, I did not know you could do that. He's not going to do that. So I will go into his game. I will enchant a fishing rod. I will catch all sorts of random shit for him. And I will leave it in a chest. And he'll be like, oh, that's neat. Now I have this. Right? Like, mm. I will go out and I will mm. dig up iron for him. And I will find all that stuff because that's, I love it. I Like, I really, really love that. And he will take all that and he will build stuff with it. Because that's what he loves. That's a really cool, that's a cool interaction. Yeah. That is, that is a, and like, that's the sort of natural, sort of organic stuff that made that game the endless monetary fuel for Notch's disgusting life. <laughs> <laughs> we can say that on the podcast now. He's, we can say that! <laughs> I, just, I feel so, so sad for him. Holy shit, Susan, did you see, I'm not a games done mm. quick guy yes i saw that of things yes. that the kids like that i don't understand but there's there's the gate at summer games done quick apparently at one point i can't remember what they were playing it was mario but super like, mario brothers you know, I think. super mario brothers and and uh, you know their their game caster this this uh lovely person is like we got a ten thousand dollar donation and everybody in the room starts bugging the hell out they're just screaming and just so thrilled. And they're like, and the message with the $10,000 is, hey, what's up, guys? Notch. And I swear to God, it, it was like something out of a Coen Brothers movie. The abrupt change in tenor in that room was like, like everybody like went still. I, I've, it was beautiful. <laughs> I'm not sure it was as dramatic as that. I mean, I watched that a lot and I don't, I just feel like the applause was just done. I will, you know, I, I will yeah. say. All right. There were no more. There was not a, a resurgence of cheering. <laughs> when, <laughs> yeah, there was the cheering. When they found the cheering out. cheering stuff. Uh, who it came from. Uh, but, you know, we were, my husband and I were talking about this. Like, okay. Most of what you do in a given day is driven by your need to put a roof over your head and food in your belly, right? That not, that much has not changed since we were, you know, cavemen. Now, right? That's that's right. all all so, the way back. It is it is 
under, on the one level, it's understandable how if you completely remove that need, right, that is taken care of forever. You might go, uh, right, and not not even no, like no, no, just no. taken care you're of. Good. Like it's not even like, yeah, you're, you're fine. Okay, you you remove that need. You might if you don't have a solid foundation as a human being, you're gonna go a little buggy. Yeah. My, yeah, my yeah, I exactly. The, the the loneliness of that is extreme. Yeah. I I always like th- this is why not to not to open the Beatles barrel. Uh Oh Susan, Jesus. I'm not opening the God Beatles barrel. It. But it's yeah, always you are. it's why I've always considered <laughs> Paul McCartney a miraculous human being. That's fair. Because, yeah. Because somehow like I feel like people should do genetic tests on Paul McCartney. Yeah. Because I think he might be the only person in history who hit that, like, like wealth and notoriety beyond yeah. reason. Like, you are so far past the being worried about basic human needs that you, you, you're something else entirely. He's the only one who seems to have survived that early success and not only stayed sane, but, like... A lovely human being. <laughs> like, Paul McCartney never goes on Twitter and is just like, fuck you, whore! Like, to this, a random and, and this stranger. Is, this is what makes me sad, right? Unless he does. I mean, like, I like the Beatles a lot, and I've never seen Paul McCartney do that, so if if somebody sees <laughs> that, Ringo. Yeah, Ringo. Ringo wrote a song about a no, submarine. Ringo... Like, he's not gonna do that. He, he is the guy who's just yes. puttering around the garden... He, and just you know, he's just, he just happy likes to, be to there. watch a bit of telly in the evening. That's what Ringo does. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's what he does. I, I actually, I, I see. I joke like I don't know what Ringo's doing. I just listened to his brand new song a couple of days ago, and it's the same song he was writing in 1967. He just keeps <laughs> doing that one, and I love it. I it makes me so happy. Anyway, anyway, yeah. No, so your your yeah. point is like very well taken. It just it. About the fedora one. That given the freedom to literally do anything, pursue whatever interests you have, help whatever group you want to help, to do, to live the life you want to live without having to worry about a roof over your head or food in your belly, what he chooses to do is be angry. That makes me incredibly sad. On Twitter. To to be yeah. to be it's mad online. Yeah. I honestly like whenever I picture him. Have you guys seen uh, the St- old Steve Martin movie, The Jerk? Oh yeah, of course. So there's at the end or at the very beginning, you see him first thing, and he's just sort of wand- shuffling around in his bathrobe. Yeah, like, yeah. All I need in the world is this lamp, and this chair. I j- all I picture is the jerk, but with a f- little brown fedora <laughs> on. When I think of old marcus um so i i i have to ask yes in your switch times did you zelda at all no i have no interest in zelda that's awesome that makes me so (laughs) (laughs) that's cool because uh, i you know susan a lot of people out there seem to fucking love the video game equivalent of a box of ritz crackers that somebody left here we go and now they're all just soft Oh, now they're Jesus. all soft. I'm gonna. But, this is your gig, man. No, that can't. That can't, that can't it's fine, dude. I, like, no, Dave's oh, really? Dave's come around when we talk. No, when we talk. You, no. you're like, it's fine. 
You've given Zelda its fun. I like I like Breath of the Wild. It is not my favorite yeah. Zelda game. All right. So before it is a good game, okay. But it is not my favorite Zelda before, game. Before before we we mm-hmm. leave you, Susan, what have you played that just like you were like, why do I even play video games? Anymore? Well, uh, now that it is not my job anymore, I don't have to play shit. Okay, like I don't have to play a bad yeah. game, so I tend not to. But I would like to talk to you. About ever away. Oh, right. Actually, we have we have a live on the air oh. question uh, from awesome. one of our backers, actually, and friend of the show, Steve from oh, Steve. Engaged Hi. Family Gaming, does want to know: Does Ever Oasis count as wacky anime? <laughs> <laughs> no, it does not. No, While it does not count air. as wacky anime bullshit. No, uh, it, it's chibi, but it's not full anime okay so here's all right <laughs> so all right so here's the thing, the thing. okay here in case you are not familiar uh, ever oasis is a 3ds game the shtick of it is you are the uh chief of the last surviving oasis in the desert chaos which is a plant by the way it's a big purple plant actually everything in the game is is plant based your your people are called seedlings and it's the shops that they uh, create, they're grown. It's actually, it's really cute. It's a really cute aesthetic. I like it a lot. But anyway, uh, you are chief of the last oasis in the desert. You are trying to build up your oasis and attract new residents to it and also defeat the chaos. So it's part Zelda, part Harvest Moon, part Suikoden. Mm. Oh my God. This You'd is think... Mm. Oh, mm. really? Okay. Yeah that on that on paper is literally like if I were trying to like if I, if it were the 19th century and I was in Canada. <laughs> yes, <style>. exactly. <laughs> that is like the only is thing missing is is pets. Seriously. Okay. So the uh, so you're trying to attract new residents. As more residents come to the oasis, the oasis gets bigger, and you can add more stuff to it. The residents open up shops. There's uh, fashion shops and novelty stores and food stands. And the way the progression works is people will come visit your oasis, and they'll want something like oh i i wish i could have a donut well they won't come live in your oasis until somebody opens up the donut stand okay great so that's the the side quests which are there's a lot of them and although they all kind of break down to the same sort of progression there's enough of them that it feels nicely varied like yeah you're just going and finding the x so that person will open y shop but that's okay, right? Because the game gets harder as you go and you, and you visit different areas, and, and that's cool. Okay, so that's the Harvest Moon part. You have to keep the stores stocked with the elements that they need. Otherwise, they won't be able to sell any inventory, and they'll be sad. And you're trying to keep all your residents as happy as possible. Because, and this is another really cool mechanic. Your health bar is actually very, 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 very small. You have, like... You have, like, 20 hit points, right? But you have a happiness meter for your oasis. A happiness happiness meter, right, how happy your residents are. The amount of happy they are gets added to your hit point bar. 
So oh, the happier they are, the bigger your health bar is. It's a very clever way to keep you interested in keeping these people happy. Like, so that you bother with making sure the stores that people want are there and making sure they're stocked and, and all, and making sure your uh, oasis is nice and tidy and you clean the sand out of it. That's all stuff that makes your residents happy or, or sad. And it's a very, very smart way to keep you invested in that part of the game. That part's great. Love it. Okay. The Zelda part, you are going into dungeons, whether it's for one of these side quests or for the main quest where you, you have to go get three crystals to try and use their power to banish the chaos. Very, very Zelda. So it's Zelda light. None of the dungeons are as uh, intricate or sophisticated as a Zelda dungeon, but there's some, there's definitely some puzzle solving and some enemy fighting that you have to do. Great. The Suikoden part is the people who come to live in your oasis have different skills. One can flip a switch. One can smash a rock. One can fly over gaps. And you will need to use those skills to navigate the dungeons. And here's where it starts to piss me off. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. <sighs> you can take two residents with you to any dungeon. Anytime you leave the Oasis, you can take two residents with you. Two residents of your choice. Doesn't matter. Great. And like, wait, like they all, Absolutely. They can all yep. like fight oh, and take yep. care of themselves? Yes. You know, some are sturdier than others. Like obviously warriors are uh, better in a fight, but magicians have their own skills. Some have healing, for example. Some have ranged attacks. Right? Okay. Great. Your scout will tell you when you are getting ready to go to a specific dungeon. These are the skills you will absolutely have to have in your party to be able to navigate the dungeon. And by navigate, they mean get from the entrance to the exit. No more, no less. Okay, fine. So you look at that, you look at the Okay, I need a guy who has pebble and i need somebody who can turn on the lights great you grab those two people you go you get into the dungeon and then you see all the other shit in the dungeon that needs other skills oh if you want to get the thing out of that you need someone who can dig if you need want to get in that room oh you better go get the bunny who can cut spider webs skylanders did they did now here's to their credit you can zip back to the Oasis from any point, and the uh, booth where you swap out your party members is right next to the portal. So it is It is only... Uh, uh, right? Still, though. And- yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this is why I hate the Lego games. This is what mm-hmm. always chases me away from Lego Batman and Lego Star Wars, where you play, like, this really, really yeah. long level... And there is one unlockable right in the center of it that you need some random character that you're not going to unlock for, like, six hours. That is true. To go back and get it. Like, uh, yeah, I hate that kind of play extension nonsense. Just show me a map. Oh, there is no map also. That says you're going to need these skills. But here's the... But here... But here... mm, I I love the Lego games. You know this. Well, I love the good Lego games. Anyway. But... The Lego games, the dungeons that you're going through, those levels that you're doing, are entertaining. They're they're well designed. There's they're funny. They're clever. These are very 
very simple dungeons. And now, I mean, on the one hand, you could say you don't have to get all this stuff. You don't have to try and collect everything. You don't have to go in every single room. But if you are the kind of person who is recruiting every single possible member to your oasis that you possibly can, and you are keeping that happiness meter as full as it could possibly be, you are the kind of person who wants to get every single thing in the game. It's just really aggravating. And cause you'll, cause you'll go like, I'll do, I'm like, all right, fine. Fuck you. I'll go get the rabbit who can cut the spider web there. Okay. You're happy. I got the fucking rabbit. And then I'll go into the next room and I'll need somebody completely different. I'm trying to remember who the guy who directed this, he, I can't remember his name, but he's, he's the guy that created the Mm -hmm. secret of mana Mm -hmm. games. Yeah. And this sort of bullshit sounds like the kind of thing that made the latter Secret of Mana games so such a chore to play. Like I I'm thinking of like the DS ones, like Children of Mana and Sword of and, Mana. Uh, Was that like the remake of No, Sword of remake, Mana right? Sword of Mana is actually kick ass. Yeah, that's a remake of one. But like that that sort of like it it's not respectful of your time. It's it like. it's as respectful as that mechanic can be. The, the, the one thing that would improve it is if you could swap out people right where you're standing. Like, without having to zip back to the Oasis. Like, if I could just do that, if the if the game, just like, alright, we'll just take it as given that you went back to the Oasis, you got the person, and you zip back there, then fine. Then I don't care. It's just having to do that. And I'm not going to replay these dungeons. I'm not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the not the not replaying thing is I, I mm, yeah. I, you almost wish there was an easy mode where it's where you had, you know, your your people could have multiple skills or something. Yeah, I mean, that. yeah, it's it's I don't want to I don't want to give the impression that it's a bad game. It's not. I I will finish it. Uh I played it while I was away on vacation and I enjoyed overall my time with it but that particular mechanic sucks it just (laughs) it just it annoys me and it makes me want to throw things (laughs) uh dave what the hell what the hell have you been playing oh man i I, like i've been playing a lot more games because like i yeah you've been playing a lot of things the only thing that i know for sure you've been playing is arms and I want to tell everybody that I fucking suck at I'm arms. good at that game. I'm okay. I I'm okay at that bad. game. Bad. Um, and Dave is real good. Arms is when we Oh, go ahead. When we could get when we could get an online match. Yeah, when it worked. Arms. Uh. When it worked, which is not I don't know if you've tried to play video games with people not locally, Susan. Mm-mm. No. Uh, on your Switch, but um there's a reason they're not charging $20 for that yet. Doesn't go great. That is not twenty dollars worth of online. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, like I, uh, my last sort of review as a staff writer at Games Radar was Tacoma. I don't want to go too into the weeds on it. I'm not going to talk about it too much because, like, the whole point of that game is the story. Uh, yeah. And, like, I dug into some of it uh, in my review a uh, little more than I think like other sites were because, like. I don't know, when, when you talk about that game, like, the, the story is the game, and it's just, like, when you talk about that game in Canada, it's like, you walk into a room, and you look at stuff, and it's cool, and it's like, 
well, okay, well, but what are you talking about? Like, what's the point? And, like, the point of that game, like, the, the villain of that game is, like, very, is not really what I was expecting at all. Um, the villain of that game is capitalism. Uh, and yeah, just like uh, if if you play it, it's gone home in space. Like it's that's a reductive way to put it, but like it it basically is. Uh, I don't think it's as resonant uh, as Gone Home was because Gone Home is a much more personal story as far as like it's like basically the story of one girl and this the and Tacoma tries to cover like five times as many topics and people as Gone Home does in, like, almost the same amount of time. Uh, oh! It's a little longer, but not much. Because Gone yeah, Home is like only, like, six... two hours. Yeah, uh, Tacoma took me about... That's a little longer than that. Six. Right? No, Gone Home, like, you can get through in about two hours. Uh, oh. uh, uh, Tacoma, uh, I poked around a lot, and I finished it in about six, but people are saying about, like, two to six hours, uh, depending on, like, what you find. Uh, but yeah, like, if you like Gone Home, if you like the structure of that game, check it out. It's It's interesting. I don't think it's gonna like hit people nearly as hard as Gone Home did. Thank but, God. Uh, basically, but like where where like my own headspace is as far as like politics and stuff. Like it's just like basically the self driving car is like a decade away from putting millions of people's out of millions of people out of job. Tacoma is like the logical next step of where society goes after that. And it's Interesting. kind of scary. Like it's scary in in like ways that it's scary because it feels real, you know. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, play that. Uh, we could, you know, if you want to, in a future episode, we can maybe dive into it a little bit more if you guys get a chance to play it. But uh, okay, let me let I me ask you that. this. I, yeah, if you yes. liked, I'm not even sure how to put this. If you liked Gone Home mechanically, and appreciated its approach to storytelling but hated the actual story would you enjoy Tacoma yeah then like yes because like it is a very different kind okay. of story it is still like uh the way that it is told is similar and it has like uh it, it is clearly a game by that mm-hmm. studio but it is telling a very different kind okay. of story than Gone Home uh, but yeah, like it's 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 cool science fiction. They're really good at building a world and a space to just like kind of absorb. Um, narratively, it's it's not like it doesn't quite stick the landing as much as mm. I like. But if you like if you like cool places to poke around in and like like really cool sort of uh, atmospheric like world mm. building, uh, I, I I give it a go. Uh, I played a little bit of Pyre. Um, Explain like, Pyre I'm, to I'm me. Showing that. Okay. Yeah, what? Yes, thank you, Susan. What the hell is it? Is that, wait a minute, is, the, is this not the fire basketball game? I'm enjoying it like like you would a, a slow, like like a, like a big book and just kind of savoring it. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not trying to rush through this game. I'm playing like maybe an hour every couple of nights. But basically, it is a visual novel meets Oregon Trail. What? Meets NBA what? Jam. Yeah. So, okay. Go, go back. Okay, going back. Okay, so the concept of the game is that uh, you, as in you, the mm-hmm. player, are uh, a reader. Uh, you are someone who knows how to read books. And you have been mysteriously placed in this purgatorial wasteland and basically left to die. Until a caravan of weirdos shows up and like, hey, 
you know how to read. We got this book here. We don't know how to read it. Can you help us? Like, we'll, we'll like, feed you and, like, take you in. You need to help us out. Uh, and you're like, well, I, like, I'm going to die if I don't, so sure. And then you join them, and as you read the book, uh, the whole point is that you are able to interpret where your band of people need to go. And you take them to these locations, and when you're there, you perform the rites. Basically, it's you you project your party members into this like weird sort of metaphysical astral plane where like the the game plays out on the pages of this book, and you move your characters around and try to basically dunk this orb into their pyre on the other side of of, of the field. And basically, your group, uh, your triumvirate, as it's called, is competing against other groups uh, for the opportunity to escape purgatory. And so, it's weird. Uh, and like, so the visual novel stuff is like in between matches, you talk to people uh, in your group, you learn more about the world, and then you make uh, minor choices over like, okay, so the rights are over here at this location. Now we can go through these wastes, which they'll give us like a negative one to one of our stats in the next match, but we might find an item that we could use that'll help give us an edge. Or you go the other way, it's like you won't get the item, but you won't get the the stat like dropped off. And so you make little choices that sort of change the narrative uh, in that way. And again, like I'm still very early in the game, but like it is, it is weird as hell. I like it a lot more than I liked transistor, like right off the bat. Mm. Transistor was a hard game to love. So that's my number one question is I, I still like, don't just listening to you. I'm still like, how does it actually feel to play this game? But does the world feel interesting and consistent? Oh yeah. Because, Bastion, like, the coolest thing about Bastion is the moment you're, you start playing it, that feels like a place. Yeah. Like, it That's doesn't true. work like you. Yeah. It doesn't work like our world, but it feels like its own place, and you immediately, like, just random shit happens, but it instinctively feels like all of its rules go together. Yeah. By the end of Transistor, I just wanted to punch that <laughs> game. <Like> physically <laughs> punch it. Because I was like, your world doesn't make sense. Your story doesn't make sense. The, the stakes about who... Like, what was at stake the entire time in Transistor? Did anything matter if it was all happening inside of a computer? Like, even Reboot, the, the gold cartoon about people who lived in a computer, had clearer rules than what was happening. And then at the end, it was like, and then the most romantic thing happened... She kills herself to go live in the sword with her sword man. Stupid. <laughs> no, it is it is uh, it is a much longer game than Transistor or Bastion, and it is oh. much uh, yeah. Like like I said, I'm I'm probably about five hours in, and I'm barely through like the introductory part because they're introducing all kinds of like you get new characters, and each character has different abilities that they can use on the on the field. And, uh, yeah, like, I'm, I'm not even through the sort of the preliminary steps of that game yet. Uh, it's, and, and there's a lot more text in this game, too. Like, there's a lot of writing. It's way, it's way more dense of a game than, than Mm. even Bastion, I think. Uh, so, yeah, it's, um, 
but the world definitely feels like a place. And so, so one of the cool things that they do in this game, so like it has the destiny cursor, you know, where it's like you move the analog stick around this little like like circle mm-hmm. is on the map, and you can like move it around, and like that that's how you interact with stuff. And like when you're near a caravan, you can move it over little objects and poke at them, and they'll sometimes they'll make little noises. Uh, nice little touch. But like at, when you see text on the screen, uh, it looks like a parchment. And there's this little, like, wax seal on the bottom. You press the wax seal to move forward in dialogue. Sometimes, though, little bits of text are highlighted, like uh, proper nouns, places, like, important stuff. And you hover your little icon over those things, and a little uh, dialogue box just pops out right next to your cursor. gives you a little bit more detail about that person, place, or thing. Uh, Just a little, like, nice touch of lore. And, And it's like... You don't need it to understand it, but it's like rather than having to just check back. Okay, so what? What are the? Who are the elders? What are they do? You just hover your your thing. Oh, that's right. They're the people who made the book, and it's like having that right there helps give so. That's awesome. Yeah, like they, they found a way to make like a really like lore dense story, but tell it in a way that like it. You're not like reading Dune and having to flip to the glossary every page <laughs> to find, okay, what the fuck are they talking about here? Um, but yeah, no, it's I'm, that's a game that I'm looking forward to, like, just just enjoying. Spending my time on uh, and, and playing, and uh, but I will say the game that, like, I enjoy the most is Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac game. Okay, ex- which, explain uh, to me what the Zodiac Age bit is. Is that just a Square Enix way of saying remastered? Uh, yeah. No, it's, it's, um, I can answer this one. It's, and it's the job system. Yeah. It's, it refers to, because th- this is not the first thing to have that name, no, right? No, right, okay, they, so, so when it first came out, it was Final Fantasy twelve, and like Square Enix, okay. as they are wont to do, in mm-hmm. Japan at least, is they release international versions of their games. The international version is, like, it has all the English voice acting, has some extra stuff in it, sometimes they tweak gameplay things, uh, and they repackage it and sell it to Japanese audiences again. We never got those uh, in America. So what um, this is, is the final American release of the the international job system. International Zodiac job system of Final Fantasy of Final Fantasy (laughs) XII. That's some intense bullshit. I need okay. you to fuck off okay. right about now. I just... <laughs> oh, <laughs> we haven't even gotten to Kingdom Hearts yet, <sighs> by the way. Uh, so so what this what that did for the PS2 version was one of the biggest complaints about Final Fantasy XII, and I think like one of the most like actually like like legit complaints about the game, is that every single character in that game uses the exact same uh, skill, like a uh, license grid. And they all start on different spots, so they all start out with, like, different classes, basically. But by the end of that game, you can make every single character have the same exact skills, the same exact abilities, know the exact same weapons, and every single one is exactly the same. What the job system did is it basically limited you to one of 12 jobs. So when you get your character, you don't have anything other than like a couple hand like a handful of base abilities but then you pick from a job and like one of them is like white mage black mage okay so this is this is basically like what led what final fantasy 13 picked up and ran with 
Okay. Okay. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. It, the whole ravager, like alchemist. Yeah. Thing, yeah. Th- that your the paradigm shift system did in Final Fantasy Thirteen is very okay. of a piece okay. with this. Yeah. And and so yeah so it basically uh, the and but th- that version of the game could only let you pick one out of the the twelve jobs. So each character could only have one job, which meant that there were six other jobs that you couldn't use. This version lets each character pick two jobs, so you could ostensibly have every single job in the game covered by each of your six characters. Plus, it gets like the the whole HD treatment. the the uh, The music has all been rearranged and reorchestrated, and it's not like the train wreck that Final Fantasy twelve or ten HD's soundtrack was. Like, it's really good. Uh, but yeah, like it's just man, that like. It, in a lot of ways, that game was kind of ahead of its time, I think. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. definitely, like, it, it is a game that was butting up against the limitations of the PS2. Um, and you can see a lot of, the like, the way that, like, monsters are situated in these zones. And they all, like, there's kind of a uh, ecosystem where, like, some enemies will attack other enemies. And you can just, like, walk on by. Uh, or use, like, enemies to attack each other. Um, but... It's still like you know it, it is all separated in these zones, so it, like it definitely feels like a PS2 game, uh, but like it is it is weird, even by Final <laughs> Fantasy standards. Like I called it, I called it the like the, the black sheep of the Final Fantasy series gets a second chance. And all the comments are like, "What about Final Fantasy 13, man?" And I'm like, "No, Final Fantasy 13 may be universally reviled." But that is way more of a piece with the canon of Final Fantasy than twelve was yeah. at all. Because it's so like it's such a radical departure in combat, in storytelling, in world building. The the game feels like a war documentary from a fantasy land. Like it is it is bizarre, even by Final Fantasy accounts. And like that I feel like a lot of the criticisms still hold up. Like, the story is still kind of just sort of a... It's Star Wars. It, it's Star Wars, but it's... It's Star Wars. It's, it's Star Wars, but it's also, like... It is It is really passive. It just kind of funnels you from area to area, and you're not really sure exactly what the stakes are. Like, I, I like that the stakes are, are, are smaller, but it's still like, we have to go get the Nethesite, and you like, go get the Nethesite, and they're like, oh, the Nethesite got taken away. We have to go get it back now. And then you go get the Nethesite back. It's like, okay, now we gotta get another Nethesite. So you get that, and oh, that got taken away too. So, and then you just... It, it does pay things off, though. Yeah. Like, the judges, the, the entire time you see the judges and you're like, oh, man. I bet, are those judges, do they just look badass, or is something super badass going to happen with them? And then when you get to the end of that game, you're still like, I don't know totally what the overarching (laughs) plot and bad guy are, but these judges and this judge fight is dead. Yeah, it's good. And Vaughn is still useless. Like, he, you could take him and Pinello just out, just take, just, like, don't even change dialogue, just remove them from the game. (laughs) completely and they like I, the the story doesn't change they don't need to be there i really like them as pov characters okay like yeah yes lot. as as a the entrance for a normal person into this world they work they are the uh i don't know they are the luke skywalker i guess but like even more inconsequential because luke skywalker actually does something <laughs> 
Right. I, I like them as your gateway into all the other people because the characters, I think the characterization in Final Fantasy XII is actually really, really good. Yeah. One of the things I love about that game is that I think it, besides Lightning Returns, has the strongest writing in the entire series. Like, 15 is now, 15 Lightning Returns and 12 are now the pinnacle of, like, really solid character writing in Final Fantasy games. And the only problem with that is, like, Balthier is charming as hell, but even he is very enigmatic and kind of unknowable, and the same is true of Ash and Bosch von Ronsenberg. From Dalmasca. From Dalmasca. And and don't believe Andor's lie. And Fran, like, all of them are, are very sort of chilly and withdrawn people. And I like they're all so cool, but they don't feel like human beings a lot of the time. Okay, but and are unlike they something human like beings? They're, no, they're human beings. Some they're are human beings. Some are. Yeah, and even okay, Fran. Fran has bunny ears. Okay, but like the whole thing, and and they actually make Fran a a they flesh <laughs> flesh out <laughs> Fran. Uh, I that's not that's not meant to be a pun. Uh, they, they do. Like, when you get to the middle of that game, you sort of find out a little bit more about who Fran is and where she comes from, and the fact that Fran does act human is kind of a problem for her people. Yeah. Uh, I don't want to spoil that, because it's all, it's all very rich. I, like, I think you can, you can always go one of two ways with a sort of alienating, unknowable cast. You can either do the Lightning Returns thing, which is make the story about them being sort of unknowable. And that's, you know, that's good when it can work. It's tough to pull that off. Or you need really kick-ass POV characters. So, like, in Final Fantasy XV, you have Ignis and Prompto and Mr. Cup of Noodle to sort of make uh, Noctis likable. And I, I feel like Vaughn and Pinello do a lot to make ash and bosh yeah and even balthier uh more noble and they're not insufferable I, they're not like anakin from phantom menace where you're just like i just want to punch titus no, they're not yeah no they're not the titus is insufferable and i know that there are people who love final fantasy 10 and they're idiots <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry i don't mean that it has lovely art and a and a, and a sweet and for, half short and, half like and a totally sexy you guys know like fireman calendars you know like where there's like all like firemen like in their shirts off and wearing short shorts yeah at final fantasy 10 is the only game in town if you want like a fireman calendar and a furry <laughs> calendar at the same time kimari's just laying that out oh, boy. <laughs> if you positively need a blue furry beefcake with one horn it's the only game in town <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that Susan all I get out of that is a stare. <laughs> I'm not like, I'm not encouraging you. I'm not feeding this I need like for attention that you have. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing it out there. <laughs> so Dave, what what is what did you play that's not so good? Okay, so here's where we get to Kingdom oh, Hearts. God damn it! No! Uh, oh boy. <laughs> Where are I like I'm not gonna get in the weeds because again like that story is so here's what I'm doing 
I'm playing through the 1.5, 2.5 collection in preparation for the day, whenever that day may come, of when Kingdom Hearts 3 actually decides to dance. You're with an presence. idiot. Uh, I know. I'm. 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 I am the problem. And uh, again, this is this is what we were talking about earlier. It is okay to like okay, trash. Well, yes. Yeah. I realize day, that Kingdom Hearts is trash. It is the day that black smoke starts rising from Nomura's chimney, <laughs> and, th- and three bells strike in the distance. <laughs> Hark! Kingdom Hearts three is upon us. <laughs> Yes. Uh, so yeah. So I've I've been <laughs> I've been playing the uh, I've been playing through the HD collections on my PS4, and I finished the first one. And that game, it's like it's rough, but there's an idea there, and it doesn't like it's still up its own ass, but it's like th- there's a through line there, and it makes sense. Stop it. Stop and then, it. Like stop it. The you... first ga- the first yeah. game makes no, sense. It does not. It does. I swear. Shut up, Susan. Susan, it's not it's not complicated. It's just stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it it is bad. It is a bad story, but it does make sense because a lot of the a lot of the answers are just like, oh, it's yeah. their heart. Like yeah, like, yeah. Just, and it's okay, dumb. I just want to interject. Like, I wanted to talk about Destiny too, but instead we're going over bullshit heart heartless Kingdom Hearts garbage. All right, continue. <laughs> the, peop- the, peop- the people demanded it. Yeah, you know why? Because the people like hearing you get angry. Yeah. <laughs> this is why they pay us the money. Uh, so, so yeah, so I was like, okay, the last game in the series that I played was Kingdom Hearts 2, because I played it and was like, this is bullshit? And I never want, like, I don't want to, no. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to give it another shot. And then I was like, maybe there's something that I missed between Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Because I didn't play Chain of Memories. Mm. Uh, you don't need to play... There is... Chain of Memories is weird because there's stuff in it that is very pertinent to the story. But, it, it, like, there's so little of it in the game yeah. that it's not actually worth playing. Yeah. Also, that it's game is trash. Series. Like so, yes, so the that. version on the one point five disc. So that that's what I've been playing over the last uh, uh, month or so, just slowly picking at and like wondering why I'm doing this to myself. Uh, is the the chain of memories? It's the HD version of the PS2. It's re colon chain of memories. I hate it so much. Uh, it is it is it is trash from a dumpster. Uh, it is a bad video game. I don't know how anyone decided that it should have... Like, that is the way that that game should have played. So, you run through areas, and you smack into bad guys, and then you get into a battle. Kind of like an RPG, like Final Fantasy or whatever. You don't have normal attacks like you do in like normal Kingdom Hearts. It's not like a straight-up action game. Although, it, th- it acts like one. Instead, you pull from a deck of cards... All of your attacks, your magic spells, your items are part of this deck Look, of cards. Look, okay, wait. And I'm going you... to stop you there. That is so my jam, it should be on toast. And yeah, yet. It sounds yeah. so And yet. That it game sounds yeah. like a cool it's idea. such shit. It is so yeah. insufferable. It gets it's everything wrong. Yeah. And all... But everything from... It's like, I know that you like the cards... But it's important to contextualize when Chain of Memories came out. Okay, that's true. Like, if 
Like, if, if people don't remember the dark times that were the year 2000 to 2005, when, for some reason, the success of Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh!'s card games led every Japanese game developer in the world to say, why don't we take perfectly functional games (laughs) and strip out everything about them that worked and make you have randomized bullshit card decks? Like, what if... Mega Man, but instead of using jump buttons and a gun, you just had a no. shitty magic deck. Did they deck. Do a Mega Man card game? <laughs> or ha- yeah, that was Battle they did Network. Seven right? of them. Yeah, they did what? seven of them. Susan, four? No, no. Okay, what? there are nine what? of them. There Stop are six it. Battle Stop Network it. games. Yeah. Uh huh. And oh, and With then the and anime. then halfway through the series, so they they were released like Mega Man Battle Network, like one, two, and three. And then at a certain point, they started Pokemoning them. So there were like yeah, white so versions like, of red and blue. Yeah. 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 And then there's Fan- Fantasy Star Online three. Okay, but that's, Fantasy Star uh, that Online game is three. Good. Like hey, it is. Shut. No, it is. is it? <laughs> okay. Well, is wait. It? Let me no. let me back that up. A let me back that. Up. If you are a huge fan of Fantasy Star Online. And to the point that you're, like, super into the lore and all that, then, yes, it's quite fun. No, it is. Shut up. You're wrong. <laughs> Look. I've been having... <laughs> no, it is. It's good. <laughs> I, uh, I, <laughs> I'm willing to, like, like, culturally be like yes it's good because it's oh, on the God, gamecube no. like i just <laughs> no. like almost am willing to forgive anything if it's on gamecube be like fucking charlie's angels full throttle great game it's on the gamecube but, but like i remember trying to play fantasy star yeah. online 3 and as it's doing the tutorial it's like now let's build your deck and i was like why don't you go I mean, fuck that, yourself okay, i'm leaving you're going back to Blockbuster, sir. After, it is such a complete... Calling it Fantasy Star Online 3 was a big mistake. Because if you, if you go yes. from 1 to 2, and they're basically both the same game, just in different locations and, you know, maybe some tweaks to combat. And then all of a sudden, like, th- we go 1 and 2 are MMOs, basically. And then 3 is a yeah. card-collecting game. Tactics... What? Yeah, they should have just called it Fantasy Star <laughs> Online, not not a number. At, you know, card card revolution. So yeah. it was very clearly. A sp- <laughs> card, yeah. The, card oh, here's the thing. This is and this is also something very very indicative of the time. Card is an acronym. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, God, right. that's right. Oh, God, they yeah. did. They sure they did. They sure that. did. Oh, the early aughts. <laughs> Oh, sweet uh, Okay. But yeah. Now I kind of... I gotta hate this, and now I want to play it. Don't! I have a... <laughs> Don't! They're all bad. Like, I, yeah, I, I think all... I think about Bot and Kytos, and I'm like, oh! man, I want to like oh, that yeah. game. That's got a that's got a nice that's... look to it. What? But, yeah. okay. And then it's I, hard. I actually... Okay, but... Well, first of all, cards does not equal bad, so you just shut your face. There was something about Bot and Kytos that I really, really appreciated. It was a unique a, a mechanic in that your cards changed over time you would get a a card that was a bamboo shoot that did next to nothing if you left it in your deck long enough it would become a bamboo spear and do crazy damage 
mm-hmm. that meant you were riding around with a basically useless card in your deck for quite a while. So it, it, it did some yeah. really cool things with the the deck mechanic. Yeah, yeah. I I, I will. I, I I didn't play either of the Baton Kaitos games. Uh, when they originally came out, I only played Origins for the first time, which is, I, I, God damn it, America! <laughs> Botan Kaitos Two is for some godforsaken reason called Botan Kaitos Origins I... here. Okay, I hate you, yeah. video games, so much. <laughs> but I, I didn't play Botan Kaitos uh, back in the day. I played Origins for the first mm-hmm. time last year, and it like. God, it really does have like the coolest atmosphere and world, and I I really really enjoy that game. But man, there is a moment when the difficulty spikes, and if you if you don't know how to build those decks, then you're That's kicked true. out of that game. Yeah, it it kicks you right out, and it's like it really is like a time investment thing. It's not like Chain of Memories, where you're just like, oh wait, so this game sucks. <laughs> And it's it's basically saying we you, like if Chain of Memories was just an action it's RPG, true. it would be fine. Yeah, it would just be. It would just be. It would be fine. fine. Yeah, it'd be, it would be it'd Kingdom be unremarkable, but also inoffensive. Inoffensive, and like for nerds about Kingdom Hearts, it would be right. delectable. Someone would call uh, it their favorite game. Somebody would. Call someone it. I'm sure does call somebody... it their favorite game. You know that's no, true. They don't. Yeah, no, they... somebody does. No, no, they don't. Oh yeah, I don't believe that. I. I... I I actually I will say I think it speaks to Chain of Memories quality that Game Boy Advance like the original Game Boy Advance version is still super cheap. Yeah. Like, like if you go to eBay it's only $5 instead of like a billion. Yeah, nobody gives a shit. Cuz no Where's like Dream really Drop Distance it? on 3DS like like would go for 50 or 60 bucks uh like after that they stopped making carts of that game. Uh, I like oh, quick, that's a good game quick, too. Quick interjections. Yeah. What's the most expensive game you own? Most valuable, I should say. Most oh, valuable. Uh, mo- uh, I, so that shifts uh, depending on what's going on in the market. And if, if anybody is listening to continue uh, or or any incarnation of this podcast, I will be your resident collector. Yeah, he's that guy for he's the duration guy. of that po- of the podcast. Uh, but I have. Depending on what's going on in the market, sitting, I, I am staring at them right now. We have Panzer Dragoon Saga complete for Sega Saturn, sitting next nice. to Burning Rangers, which are both sitting next to uh, SNK versus Capcom Chaos for the Neo Ooh. Geo AES, and that is that is one of the last AES Neo Geo games officially made by SNK, and. I think that those three games will help pay for my daughter. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, I don't know. Like, I don't really collect games that much anymore. Uh, like, I used to have a copy of Earthbound that I sold for like three hundred bucks with the box and the strategy guide and everything. But uh, I, right now, like, it's probably that NES mm. classic that I lucked into. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, you're weak, Dave Roberts. Yeah, I I know. Hey, you know what? The kids love it. So, <laughs> my son wants to play. He likes Excite Bike, and he likes Mario. Uh, he can run and jump. He's not very good at it. Uh, he likes to play the daytime course in Excite Bike and the nighttime course in Excite Bike, and he just goes. 
and it's fun for him, and he likes it. Well, that's great. So, yeah. it was worth the sixty dollars, and we had a nice day down. So, like, it was it was shitty because the way it works is like I had to to basically go on Amazon's thing at like nine thirty in the morning and buy it, and then drive down to downtown Seattle to go to a truck with an Amazon thing on it with the treasure truck. And a bunch of really excited Amazon employees were like, hey, you want a sticker? Like, no, I don't want a sticker with a truck on it. Go away. I want my <laughs> NES. And then I pick up my NES. Like, why couldn't you just ship this to me? And uh, they said, you want a bag? Like, <laughs> sure. And then, and then that was it. And, like, that was the treasure truck. And, but, like, I didn't pay extra for it. It was $60. I just walked up. I got it. See, and that's then we very nice. Downtown, so. The other nice thing is you, you can also put every single NES game that will never, ever be re-released sure can. any kind of legal I, format, you can plug it in there. And it takes I, two seconds. I, I went on to, the, to that article that you wrote of, like, 30 games that should, should have been on the NES Classic, oh, yeah. uh, Anthony, and I just put them all on there. There, there you go. They're all on there. Yeah, yeah, so I got a bunch of weird... Vic Tokai made some weird shit. Vic Tokai <laughs> made some weird shit. Yeah, they did. Boy, so I'm, howdy. I'm, lo- <laughs> I'm looking forward to digging into that and then talking about them Oh, I love later. Vic Tokai oh, yeah. so much. Vic Tokai, while everybody else was like, yeah, let's make a game where a man with a sword hits a- somebody in the face with it. Vic Tokai was like, so that Super Nintendo's out. Why don't we make a game out of the Poseidon Adventure? <laughs> you, mean, you mean that game where a boat flips over? Fuck yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> I love those guys and what they decide to spend money on. Guys, we're actually like heading in to the 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 back moments. Indeed, of our, our first episode. we are. Uh, yeah. So I will. I, I actually have had like a weird couple of months with. Okay. Games. Uh, which is why, like, I've been so excited to hear you guys, uh, hear you talk about Minecraft, Susan, and Dave, I know you've been saying, like, really current. Uh, I, I did want to bring up, right before the last incarnation of this show ended, I had just started playing mm-hmm. Near Automata. Ooh, yeah. And, uh, we talked a lot about that, and we talked a lot about the early moments, because I'd played through that early stuff, and Dave, you know, played through to the end, and we talked to... Very good friend of the show, Sam Prell, about it, who uh, who reviewed it and had a very, very meaningful experience with it. And I don't want to talk about this good in depth. I just want to tell people to go play this game because the ending of Near Automata is, I think, the most exceptional use of online connectivity I have ever seen in a story-based game. Yep, it's amazing. It is. And it can only exist as a video game. It can like, only it's... exist as a video game. It's fucking amazing. And I, like, I actually, I agree that with game that. And I play do. it start to finish. It's, that is amazing. The ending of it is amazing. And go play it immediately. Uh, <laughs> so... As I want to do the other things that oh, I have been playing over the past couple of months, were here it is. Um, I, I I after finishing near, I played one more thing that was brand new, which was Fire Emblem oh, really? Echoes, uh, Sh- Shadows over Valentia. I think is the subtitle. I can't remember. Yeah, I just I really I really dig the art style. 
because it's a remake of an old Famicom game, so it had that '80s anime vibe, and I was nice. just, I was just like thirsty for like a strategy mm, okay. RPG. I, like it just came on me. I did nice. nothing else for nice. a week. Like it was, it was be- back when you know before I had started my new job, and I was. Uh, if anybody follows me on Twitter, I was going through some health shit. <laughs> oh my May, god! Too. Yeah, I was a okay, little laid but... up. Oh, because right. one of... Yeah. Yes. Right, no. Yes. I don't wor- <laughs> don't worry about it. I did. Mm. I treated my illness. Okay, the so here's here, friends. <laughs> here's what not to do. Okay, don't go for a hike in the woods, come home, discover that you have been bitten by God knows what, and treat it by ignoring it for a week and drinking. Yeah. Now, it wasn't a week. It was oh, go ahead. It was three days. And half a week. Your foot had swollen to the point you couldn't wear shoes. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. Was awesome. <laughs> it was totally. It was totally. Yeah. That my limbs weren't working. Anyway, I couldn't move a lot for a week or so there, and so Fire Emblem was just what the doctor ordered, and, and that game is just lovely. It is just so. Just is it, it, it's wait, perfect. Is it, like, it wastes none of it, your time. So is it like other Fire Emblem games, or is it? And I, and I would go as far as to say that it is like Fire Ooh, Emblem okay. Light, almost. It's, yeah, it's very, it's mm. just speedy. It's all speed. There's no, like, relationship so stuff. So just, okay, Like, okay. and I, the thing that I really like about it, too, is that there are, like, dungeons mm. and towns, uh, which are not a thing in other Fire Emblem games, where, you know, the, the I, I, and... They're in old Fire Emblem games, but I mean, like, the newer things that were on Wii and Nintendo DS and 3DS. Uh, This is, you you get in fights, and then there's a dungeon that you can wander around and get in more fights there, and then you leave it, and then you can go to a town, you can talk to people and learn about your your squad mates, but it's all super speedy. Like, it's just, there's just no fat. 3ds game it is i can't recommend it enough like i like play play the shit out of it It, because it's great and like the story is basic like it's oh guess what the land's at war you're fated to make it not be a war who cares Hmm. it's lovely the characters are really well written it's just it's it's great soundtrack kicks ass um it broke me for Mm. new games though like i just i like i've been trying desperately for two months to play something contemporary, and I'll tell you, it hasn't worked. I, Wait, I did you trying. remind me if like, you played I, Prey or not? I so I that's on the the list. I've started oh Prey three times, and it I, just I it just in, I, can't really? I can't get into it. I I tried, yeah. I tried really hard, and I tried Prey. I tried to get back into Gravity Rush too, which I love. Like Gravity Rush is one of my favorite things in the world. And I love the art and the place and the characters and the music and the missions are a fucking wet sawdust Ooh. pile of they're just yeah. no they're so not great boring. the missions and are it so sucks because the the story is so good the story's amazing the story and like, like it's when you play the missions it's like the game is punishing you for Ooh. trying to enjoy the story yeah 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 it's rough it's rough 
And so I try. I tried all of that. I tried like I even tried to get back into some indie shit. Like I tried to play some Flint Hook and some Hyper Light Drifter, and it, like really, just none of it has been connecting at all. And so I did what I always do when I went back and yep. I played some old shit. Uh, and so here here is where we get to the bad, the bad oh. of what I've played. I don't understand why people like Oh, that. no! No, you know why? Because they're stupid. I don't... Yeah, because because they didn't have well, Mario. No, 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 Okay, no, they no. had a PlayStation. They had okay. a PlayStation. let's... All right. <laughs> Are you talking about now or at the time? I... So, Susan, you know that, like, I play an inordinate number of games that are anywhere from 35 to 15 years old for the first time. That's, that's what I like to do. I like to play true. old yes. things that I missed. So I am not saying that Crash Bandicoot... Oh, you know, fuck Crash Bandicoot. It's not as good as Shadow of Mordor. I'm not, like, I'm not saying that. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm not... I, like, Get I, good, I, scrub. Yeah. Like, I'm not, <laughs> no, fuck you, Cortex. Bullshit. Uh... When I play Crash Bandicoot, I just think to myself, this game, the original one in 1996, the second one in 97, and then the third mm-hmm. one in 98. Every one of those years, so many good platformers okay, came out. Yeah, you're on not, the I mean, you're not wrong about that. Like, how can anyone sit there and be like, Crash is the shit? Ape Escape, Klonoa. Yeah, I know, that's a, like one. What? Tomba Where the two. hell is our our Ape Escape HD collection remade oh. for PS4? Because okay. that I, would be good. Oh my god! I hate those. I play the shit out of that. I have to recognize that okay. they they were something really unique and weird. Yeah, I just don't like monkeys, yeah. man. Uh, and like those monkeys especially are are peculiar, right? But like, yeah. Again, I just I don't understand the adoration. Like, and they're. They're so forgettable. And uh, coming out of the 16-bit era when the mascot-ish mm-hmm. platformer had like like was at maximum saturation and like even the shittiest of shitty mascot platformers on Genesis and Super Nintendo were still pretty goddamn good. Like, hey, Arrow hey, hey, Acrobat I love Arrow. Is a pretty it, This is my point. Yeah. Uh, kick-ass game. Crash Crash, it's not even you can't even sell me the oh well it was unlike anything that had ever been done. Pandemonium already Pandemonium existed. Is really good. And Pandemonium yeah. kicked ass. It's really good. Yeah. It's really good. Way better. So yeah, Crash sucks. <laughs> and I like I'm really like I'm I'm trying I'm giving it the college try because I missed all of these games at the time. Uh and so I'm I'm really digging in. But I, I've kind of abandoned it because a, my best friend in the world, my blood, just sent me a game in the mail that I've been meaning to play for just as long. He sent me Legacy of Kane's oh, Soul Reaper <laughs> uh, on Dreamcast, which I've also never played. And I've only played it for an hour? And that game is aggressively 1999. Like, it is. Yeah, it's, it's really time to. Sm- it's time is, to put on cords. Uh, corns follow the leader. Yeah. Smoke a lot of weed. Yeah, it like yeah, like when I turned it on and Raziel came out and he was like, "I am of the aristocracy of vampires." I was like, 
Like, uh, like well, I don't know why he didn't say Snowbeard every day, but he showed up saying Snowbeard every day. Yeah. And, like, it's, it's aged a lot. You know, and especially, like, I'm playing it on Dreamcast, so I don't know if the PS1 had a second analog function for the camera. Legacy uh, of Kane is the tribal tattoo of video games. It is! There's yeah. no yes. getting away from that. But I'm I'm enjoying it. Yeah. The puzzles are neat. It's, it's, uh, Crystal Dynamics, what, you know, there's a reason that Crystal Dynamics right. has survived. Yeah. Yeah. Even back then, they were very good. And I, you know, it's cheesy as hell, but I'm glad to be playing it. Uh, everybody, we have been recording for 90 minutes, uh, and that is the length of our show. But before we go, we have a lot of people that we really, really want to thank uh, because we love you, and also because you gave us money to do this. <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, you've you've literally you've made this sh- you've you've spoken with your dollars to make this show happen. Uh, and to be perfectly honest, we were talking about doing this even outside That's of the true. idea of Patreon. Uh, literally, you know, uh, the week before Susan and I set off into the sunset, we were like, "So we're going to keep doing the podcast, right?" And the answer was yeah. So, uh, regardless, uh, I have a list of names, and we're going to come up with a clever way to do this, but I'm just going to throw it out there, uh, just just a litany from the bottom. Uh, these are our shout-outs for this week. We have Nick, Derek, Tom, Daniel, Jose, John, Chris, Jacob, Mirko, who I Really hope I am pro- pronouncing your name correctly, Mirko. And if I am not, let us know. John and Ryan, those are your shout-outs this week, everybody. We are going to we're going to be doing this uh, twice a month from here on yeah. out. And so, oh well, we'll, we'll unless if we can get that goal tier up to seven hundred fifty dollars, seven hundred fifty dollars, right? Yeah. We'll be doing this on a weekly basis. Um, but yes, uh, let us know. What this thing is done for you guys like the three of us like hanging out and talking to each other uh, but we don't have to do it uh, on the record we're, we're doing it because right. you guys enjoy it so let us know what you want uh, the people who are, are doing the Patreon at the tier for a shout out let us know how you want us to shout you out uh, I can slow jam oh, your Jesus. names if you want Yeah, we I'll do it I'll do it. I'll do all of that. Um, and if you're listening to this for the first time and you found it on iTunes or because somebody has forced it on you in their car, uh, <laughs> you were you were a contestant on Solitary. Or you were flaring it on the loudspeakers. You're, on, you're, uh, you're laying on a bed of nails. Uh, yeah, guys, uh, we we do have a Patreon. Uh, this is backed, and we we want to do more. And if you're just listening, thank you for just listening. I mean, that's yeah. I, I, it is remarkable that we get to do this for you guys. Um, yeah, uh, you you can. Dave, what is what is our Patreon website? Okay, yeah, it's, it's uh, Patreon.com/slash/continuepodcast. And you can also find us uh, on Facebook, and it's just Facebook.com/slash/continuepod. And you can find us on Twitter at 
continue pod uh and dave susan where else can everybody find you guys throughout the week well, uh, <laughs> uh, the best way to get in touch with me is on Twitter, Susan Arndt. Pretty simple. Uh, my new project is actually out of gaming. It is a website for magicians. Uh, and Dave is working on that with me. So that is our new gig. Uh, the site is not yeah. live yet, but I will absolutely let you guys know when it is. Uh, and it's, it's not just going to be for magicians. It's going to be if you have even a passing interest in magic or deception uh, or ways of, of fooling people, uh, you're going to enjoy the stuff on there, I promise. Yeah. No, it's, it's going to fucking <laughs> rule. I'm really excited about this. <laughs> it's going to, yeah, uh, it, is, it is definitively going to be cool as hell. Uh, and I've actually gotten a preview of the site layout. And let me tell you, everybody, unlike many other websites on the internet, this one is actually clean and good looking, and you can actually, like, Tell what you're supposed to be reading, and it works on. You a can phone. use it on a mobile yeah. phone. You could use it on a phone, which is uh, it shouldn't be that difficult, but it is. As for me, you guys can find me on Twitter as well. It's at a John Agnello. Uh, you can also find me at VentureBeat.com, and if you don't get enough of my voice, uh, you can also find me on another twice monthly podcast called Video Game Grooves, which is niche. It is fuck. It is it is so niche. It is Frederick Nietzsche. <laughs> Ooh, it is nice. A, Good one. I like that. It, it 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 is a podcast entirely about video game music that has been pressed to vinyl. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, you can you can find me on Twitter at David Robots. Uh, I'm I'll be freelancing. I've got some some feelers out there. So uh, I will let you know when I, if, you know, you'll see my work out there. It'll be out there. Tight. You'll see it. It'll be good. Um, yeah, everybody. Okay. So for, for those of you who don't get the sweet backer-only segments, we'll see you next time on episode two. And thank Goodbye. you so much for listening. Goodbye.